every day. Millions of dollars are lost to a lack of IT oversight and inefficient infrastructure. At QEH2, we take your security seriously and can handle everything from a new business startup to a Fortune 500 looking to make a change. We are an IT company that puts your needs first. Call QEH2 today at 303-688-7531 or visit us online at www.qeh2.com. Mention the Ladies Chit Chat Club and receive a free security evaluation. 303-688-7531. QEH2. Business Intelligence. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and will be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how grit and grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. You're listening to Grit and Grace. My friends, I have the opportunity to introduce you to this amazing woman, and her name is Sarah Wolfer, and she is the CEO of Girl Boss Sports, and she is dynamic, and she is progressive, and you know what? She's changing the landscape on how coaches are interacting with women and how coaches are getting trained to interact with, I should say, women and girls. Um, But to really look at the side of how we can level the playing field, so to speak, on um, on how a student can learn from an adult and how they can create a program that really is applicable regardless if you're a boy or a girl, but really looking at the uniqueness of um, girls as they grow and how they learn. And of course, we both love sports (laughs) and we we are sports fanatics. And I'll tell you, she has also just started playing on a football team. So Sarah, I can't wait to hear all the details. Thanks for joining joining me. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here to talk to you and your audience. Thanks for having me. You have such a unique story on how you got to where you are today. And I would love for you to start with, you know, with that, let's, you know, tell our listeners what made you want to, you know, start this organization and, you know, where, what's your background and where did you come from? Yeah. So I grew up in Oregon and I'm actually a social worker by trade. And so I went to Miami, Florida to go to school. I've been playing soccer for 25 years now, so pretty much my entire life. And, you know, coming from Oregon, I wanted to play somewhere a little bit warmer. So I looked at schools in Florida and California, ended up in Miami and studied social work there, which has definitely helped actually with uh, the running of my company. Things like understanding of human development and social justice and, you know, personality development, all of that that I'm sure we'll get into later. Um, I played semi-professionally for soccer for a couple of years over there. And then recently, I guess four years ago, moved to Seattle, Washington. And again, was doing you know, social work related stuff here as well. So that's like seven years now or so doing that. And you know, the reason I started this company, for me, it's a whole bunch of different, I guess, building blocks that led to where I'm at today. Mm. Some of those include experiences I've had as a female athlete uh, and some of them as a, a female coach. Because you know, even though my, mm. my primary career has been social work, my secondary you know, side hustle has always been coaching for 15 years now. I started when I was 14. Um, and so because of those two passions, I wanted to create a company that's really devoted to changing the sports industry for girls and women, both as athletes and coaches. And then also, you know, had some uh, situations come up in the workplace, uh, not in the sports industry, that also led to me deciding to just make the leap and become a womanpreneur and start Girl Boss Sports. 
So, okay, that's a lot. And I, you are, I mean, you're phenomenal. You are, you literally have just in, in a short amount of years of your life, you have dedicated your time to coaching others. You have dedicated your life to doing things that makes the world a better place. And that's, I don't, let's not downplay all of that. All of that is, is really amazing, Sarah. And I'm, I'm super proud to know you. I think that you and I have a lot in common. Um, but let's talk about the corporate experience and you shared this with me and I, I think it's really important that you share your story because it explains to other people what, where this passion comes from, but it also explains that it doesn't matter how strong you are because you're, you have a strong personality. You're, you're not one to take any crap. Um, but yet you have still experienced some injustices in terms of how you were treated in the workplace, which frankly shouldn't be happening at not just your age, but with the type of personality that, that you have, I mean, people think that, oh, all the women that this happens to are pushovers and, you know, they don't stand up for themselves. Oh, no, 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 that is not, that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you're constrained. Yes, 100%. So, I mean, there's been a ton of experiences that I'm sure you and your audience can relate to over the years being in, I was in a nonprofit setting, so I'm sure there's some similarities with corporate, uh, but I thought being in a nonprofit setting, that would mean that you know, because we all have hearts, we're all in this work for this reason, or so I thought, I just didn't think these kind of things would happen, Mm -hmm. and then when they did start happening, I almost didn't want to believe it, just because it broke my idealistic heart that this was something Mm -hmm. that would happen in this type of setting, Mm -hmm. Um, but I had experiences with unequal pay, and, you know, the two other men at one company that I was working at, and, you know, the process of advocating for myself was extremely challenging, but I leaned in, and I read all of the books about negotiation, and how to negotiate your salary, what to say when you're in these rooms. And I you know, went and had meetings with HR directors and the CEO and several high-level officials uh, at, the, at one of my prior companies I was working at. And that experience, I mean, definitely taught me a lot. And it was also terrible and it was also wonderful. Uh, I didn't end up securing equal pay, but and that took four months of battling, by the way. So it wasn't just a, you know, you one- did. You did end up securing equal pay. Yes, I did. But who um, wants to work for a company that you have to fight for to get equal pay to your counterparts? I mean, you're, you are definitely explaining this story quickly, but I, I want people to understand that you had counterparts that were male, that were equivalent to your experience, your expertise, your performance, and you happened to just find out that they're being paid more money than you were. And yeah. you, you escalated it. I mean, it's one thing for it to happen and nobody to know about it and you to raise the concern because sometimes that happens in different, whether you're a man or a woman, some people progress at different rates. But if, if, if you recognize that that's happening and you raise it to your superior and it goes up the chain and there's enough conversations about it, it should be rectified. The question should just be rectified if it's been erroneously um, done, but to have to fight for it. And then four months later, find out that, you know, you had to put everything on the line to do that. Who wants to work for that company now? Exactly. I mean, yeah. and, you know, just to dive a little bit into the details of, of how I found out, um, I took over a program that was failing and they brought me in to come and turn it around. And within nine months, you know, with me and obviously the help of the team that I took over, we were able to turn it around from one of the, you know, in the interview, I was told this program is in the worst shape I've ever seen by the person who was interviewing me. Within nine months, we were getting numbers that were among the best years ever. Mm-hmm. And so clearly I knew what I was doing. So they started adding, you know, they gave me a second program and then they gave me a third program. and without talking about any sorts of additional compensation, nothing about that. And then they started talking about, hey, can we add a fourth program to your job responsibilities? And I was starting to feel overwhelmed and like, you know, maybe we should talk about salary. And when I started bringing up those questions, the, I was, a lot of inappropriate things were said to me, like, 
you know you're being perceived a certain way when you bring up issues like this by certain senior leaders. Um, and I had to just keep pushing through those very uncomfortable conversations and advocating just to get a conversation with directors and the CEO. I actually, because of who I am as a human, I created a spreadsheet and it had 15 categories, uh, you know, including educational requirements compared to the other two men. My position required a master's degree, theirs required a bachelor's and an associate. Uh, how many clients we were serving, how much revenue we were bringing in, how many contracts, how many staff, and actually the things that my job responsibilities were significantly more than these other two men, that they were getting paid way more than I was. And so, you know, I, I remember one time I brought in this spreadsheet to a director there, one of the senior managers, and after having to really push to have a meeting with him, and I put the spreadsheet on the table and I said, hey, I really want you to take a look at this. I want to talk about, you know, a pay gap that's occurring here. Mm. And he shoved it back at me across the table and said, I already oh know all that. I don't need to see it. And so I, you know, put it back across the table towards him again. And I said, well, I still want to talk to you about it. And then he shoved it back a second time and said, I said, I don't want to see this. But because again, who I am, I had it memorized. So I just verbally recited all of it and made him listen anyways. Um, and so that, you know, after all of those meetings and I ended up securing equal pay because of uh, one of the advocates that I had there who was in the HR department, he ended up kind of just going over their heads and doing that for me. Um, I was told that I was too assertive and started being denied promotional opportunities, even though I was the most qualified candidate for the job, significantly more qualified and had already had a clear successful track record at this company, yet I was denied four promotional opportunities. And one of them being the one that was the position directly above me when my boss left. And the feedback I was given was just, you know, you're being perceived a certain way. All this leadership stuff you do has been bothering me for some time now. And, you know, the, the worst one for me was when the director told me, my perception of you is that you're only book smart and I'm not sure it pertains to your actual job. Um, and so all of these quotes were given to me in my interview feedback, yet the other interviewer actually ended up scoring me higher. Um, the HR, someone in HR ended up sending a supporting email saying they had serious concerns about how this happened and was then given feedback herself that, you know, you really shouldn't put these kind of things down on paper because then it opens us up for litigation. Um, and so it ended up being a whole process that finally, after a long time there, I decided that, you know what, it's time for me to take care of my own mental health. And yeah even with my loyalty to this company and to my team and the love I had for what I was doing, that's really, and it was very challenging. I would say I definitely had many face down as Brene Brown calls them face down on the arena moments and yes. struggled through those, but yes, finally made the leap and started. Don't my you own love company. Brene Brown when she gives you those little nuggets and you're like, Oh yes, I know. Yes. <laughs> I'm a face down in the dirt kind of moment kind of day. I, I, I totally can relate to all of that, that you have, you know, just related. Maybe you started a business in your basement or garage, but let's face it, that's lonely. And meeting clients in coffee shops gets old really fast. Enter Rise Collaborative Workspace. Rise was started by a woman just like you, who knows that you not only need a great space to meet clients, but also a great community for support and friendship. At Rise, they have offices or dedicated desk space to rent or drop-in memberships for those client meetings. Along with weekly learning and social events, Rise is the perfect workspace for women on the rise. Check out more about Rise at their fantastic website, riseworkspace.com, or stop by and check it out for yourself at the corner of Colorado Boulevard and 7th next to Trader Joe's. That's Rise Collaborative Workspace at riseworkspace.com and tell them you heard about it from the Ladies Chit Chat Club. Sarah, thank you for sharing that. It's, 
it's a tough thing that you went through and I'm glad that you stuck to the course and you, you got the right outcome, even though clearly that wasn't going to be a place that you were going to stay. Mm -hmm. But I mean, some of the statements that they said was, you know, if we change this for you, we're going to have to change this for everybody. And I was like, yes, yes, you will. So I'm just hoping that now that I'm no longer there, um, the advocacy continues without me. And from what I hear, it is still happening. And so that, that makes me feel better about me leaving and doing my own thing now. Yeah. Well, you, listen, you know that the work that you're doing everywhere in the world and each, you know, each person that you interact with, you're already making change. And you might not recognize that now. You might not see that yet, but I can tell you from, from where I sit and knowing you and, and what you're doing, you're already making a really positive impact. And that's just one example of the work that you're doing. You're like laying foundational tracks for other people to be able to come up behind you. And you know, that means you're a trailblazer because it's not easy being the first one, but it does mean you've made it easier for the next one. Wow, I really love that. Thank you so much. I want to feel that. <laughs> you can have it. That's what I think that's what we're going to title the show, Trailblazer. I love it. <laughs> okay, so you you left. So the, this this went this, you you fought the fight, you got equal pay, but who wants to work there? You're out. Then what? You know, you took your ex soccer experience and produced a, a, a teaching program. Yeah, so basically I was able to combine all of my favorite things in life into one company. I spent, when all of that was happening, and again, going through that face down in the arena moment, it led to a lot of, you know, me journaling, and, you know, I started seeing a therapist, really focusing on what it is that I actually want to be doing, because I was on this career ladder, even before that last promotional opportunity opened up, I seriously considered not going for it, because I had concerns about the mm -hmm. company that I was working for, but I didn't listen to it, I didn't listen to my gut, and I went and applied for it anyways, and then had to deal with the aftermath of that, and so... When all of that was happening, I spent a lot of time reflecting on what I wanted to be doing and what's important to me and what are my values and also, you know, what are my skills that I can bring to something. And I was able to combine my passions for women supporting women and leadership and sports uh, all into one company where now we focus on, like I said, disrupting the sports industry to be more inclusive for girls and women, both as athletes and as coaches. And again, I get to do what I love every single day. Yeah. Tell, well, tell us more about the program. Yeah. So basically we have two goals. One of them is to increase the number of women sports coaches just because there's way too few of us. Uh, for example, right now we're focusing on soccer because for me, one of my challenges is I get too visionary sometimes and too idealistic and I just want to do everything. So right now my big uh, focus is staying focused on soccer in Seattle or the greater Seattle area. And so what we do is we are working to increase the number of women sports coaches. For example, in the U.S. for soccer, only 21% of coaches are women. And when you look Wait, at that- Wait, say goal, that again. Slow that down. Say that again. For, for soccer in the U.S., only 21% of coaches are women. And then globally, wow. it's only 7%. And so it's clearly an issue that we want to make an impact wow, on. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. And so I've already hired the 10 women that I'm you know, starting to train on becoming coaches and you know, giving them clients. And that's a whole other- um, spiel they're basically working with them to become soccer coaches and then the other big goal of girl boss sports is to keep girls in sports mm -hmm. uh, and that's because by the age of 14 girls are dropping out of sports at twice the rate of boys by the age of 17 half of all girls who were playing sports have now dropped out yet on the other hand we see that 96 percent of female c-suite executives report that they played sports during their time. yes 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 okay so let's go back to that question why do you think why do you think that it's that age area where most women drop out of sports like during that gap? Yeah, so there's a lot of there's research around why that happens. And there's, um, you know, Nicole Lavoie is someone that's a good resource if your listeners are interested in learning more about 
some of those factors, but some of those include, and this is kind of where my social work experience comes in, is that understanding of human development. That time of adolescence is already really challenging for girls over the lifespan. And that's when there's huge self-esteem drops and a whole bunch of other things that happen. Yeah, right, so it's, right. It's already challenging in general being a girl in this world. And then you're in this industry that is so male dominated. There's right. hardly any women coaches. You don't have a role model to look up to. You right. know, there's the, the saying, you can be what you can see. Yes. And a lot of these girls aren't able to see women role models. So that's also at the heart of what Girl Boss Sports is about. And, you know, we also work on things like confidence uh, and communication and leadership and teamwork and really just having fun and playing the sports because most of the girls, I mean, most of the, you know, soccer players in general are not going to end up being professional athletes. There's just not enough professional athlete spots. For but them that's not, and that, that's not necessarily their goal. Exactly. But what we want to do is still help them basically reap the benefits of what sports gives you, which are leadership. What was that? Leadership. Yes. And it it improves all of those things. It improves sports has so many benefits for girls. It it means higher grades, less dropout rates, less pregnancies during high school. Um, It's more confidence, better self-esteem, better mental health, better physical health. And so really that's, those are the things that we want to do is, is, and why we want to keep girls in sports. So they've actually done studies on um, C-level positions of, of, of women in C-level positions and the percentage of them that played, you know, competitive sports through high school, which is just such an amazing fact to think about because, you know, you know that I, I played, you know, very competitive volleyball and I played volleyball in college. And I, I say to everybody, it's the reason why I got through high school. I had noticed there was no space for distraction. There was no space to really get into any trouble. I didn't have the time or I wouldn't have been able to make it to practice or I wouldn't have played a game. So my focus was, and it also forced me to get good grades because if I didn't get good grades, I couldn't play. So there was like, it was, it was definitely a really good experience for me, but Thinking through how that impacts women in the long run in terms of the positions that they're going to have in their career and their ability to earn and support their family. Now, there's something to that. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. And that's, that's really why I'm so passionate about this is, and how I see all of my uh, building blocks that I talked about for what led to creating this company, how I see them all fitting together. Uh, you know, my experiences with the unequal pay I just spoke about, being a social worker, being a soccer coach you know, now being a football player, all of these things I've been able to just mesh into girl boss sports. And again, do what I love every every single day. And I want that for the next generation as well. Yeah, which is very honorable. And I love it. And I know that you're going to go national one day. And so (laughs) anybody that's listening and wants to get on Sarah's list, get on her list now, because she is going to develop this program for coaches and it's going to eventually be outside of Seattle and it's going to be bigger than just soccer. And I can't wait to see all the things you're going to do, but I have to ask you, why did you decide to start playing football now? And this isn't just like flag football. You're playing like full on tackle football yeah, in a women's is, league. Yep. It's a professional tackle football. And I'm actually a rookie. I've never played football before. I hadn't, don't tell anybody as I say this <laughs> on a podcast, but I never even really watched football before joining. And oh, wait, wait, wait actually, what did you just say? <laughs> I never even really watched football before joining. Oh, goodness, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yes. I mean, my first tryout I literally put the receiver gloves on the wrong hands and one of the veterans on the team came over to me very kindly and just said you know the sticky side is supposed to go on on the inside of your hand so you can <laughs> like oh good tip thank you it took me uh three times to buy the right size football so that that's really where I was at like coming into this and now here we are halfway through the season and I'm loving it and it's, so it's what made you want to do that like let's 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 hear why like yeah. So I actually saw the team a few years ago at a parade and I was like, there's women's football players. That is so cool. 
and I've been thinking about it always in the back of my head for you know the last few years uh and then but I also I mean to be honest I kind of chickened out from trying out and so this year it was actually around the same time everything was happening at you know the, the company I was talking about mm-hmm. and I just really realized I wanted to Number one, I was getting more yellow cards in soccer. I think I was my aggression was coming out there. <laughs> and so I wanted to do something that was a little bit more challenging. You were, you were ready to start kicking some butt, so you, need, you needed to find an outlet. Exactly. And I really just wanted to step outside my comfort zone, and that's kind of the, the phase of my life and what this year is all about for me is just owning who I am and stepping out of my comfort zone and becoming the best that I can be. And that football really felt like that was the next challenge that I wanted to take on. Plus, I found out about tryouts a couple of months in advance. And because of who I am and wanting to be prepared for things, it gave me enough time to actually go and get in shape, do a little bit of research around football. Not nearly enough, like, you know, which hands. Did you at least watch on, a football game first? Like, did I, you? I, yeah, I watched okay. parts of a football game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So this is exciting. You are definitely very goal-oriented. I can relate. I understand. And I can feel your passion and your energy. And it's really just very refreshing. Yeah, I love it. And the, the other women on the team – they all have such incredible stories and, you know, they come from such diverse backgrounds, but everyone is coming together. They're all strong women. I mean, I guess you have to be to be a you know, professional tackle football player and their stories are so powerful. There's actually, if any of your audience is interested, I started a series once I joined the team called hashtag football Fridays. And we release a story uh, every single Friday on one of the women on the team and how they got into sports, how they're breaking barriers and, you know, who their sheroes are. And that has been, a really wonderful experience for me as well just to be able to like dig into who all these women on the team are and see just how amazing and diverse their backgrounds are so do you guys how often do you play and do you travel and are most of the women employed like do they work full-time while they're still playing yeah most of the women are uh, full-time employed um we do have you know we have four international players who are here on you know six month visas to come and play and and then what was the rest of your question um I, I don't recall, but it's basically yeah, just this. around, do you guys travel and play? Do you play oh, on yeah. practice on the weekends and evenings? Yeah, so we practice twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and then we've just finished our last home game, and we, set, we'll, we still have a few more games uh, in California, actually, and then if we make it to playoffs, then we're going to travel again to California for the fourth time this season, and then if we make it to the championships, that'll be in Denver, Colorado. Uh, but the only thing that's where I'm at, of course, and you're going to have to tell me, don't forget oh, awesome. in Denver. if you're playing in Denver, you better let me know. Oh yes. I mean, I think there's a really good chance. I don't want to jinx it. I think there's a good chance we will. We actually, our last home game we just had, we played against the number two in the nation and we were ranked number five and we beat them. Uh, and so that was kind of a, a really big team win for us. And we're playing them the same team this coming weekend in San Diego now. And I think that's going to be a really good test of where we're at and, you know, proving to the rest of the league that we are a team to contend with, which I'm very excited about. You know, there's one thing I recognize about you, and I actually recognize this in myself, is that there are certain individuals like us who are very competitive and who have been brought up in a team sport environment. And, you know, you'll spend your life with that sort of attitude of a team approach to solving problems or addressing issues. And, but that competitiveness actually never really goes away. You know, I told you that I started competing in strongman last year and I just decided to do another one at the end of June. And I'm like, you know, I just can't not do it. I have to just, and I'm right now I'm competing with myself, which is great, but still always striving to do something better and be your best is, is, you know, is a wonderful quality to have. Yeah. And I saw that you're also a cross 
Krav Maga. Krav Maga instructor. I would yeah. love to hear more about that. That is so fascinating. Oh yeah. I'll have to tell you, or when you're in Denver, you can, when you're done, of course, beating people up on the football field, you can come into Krav Maga and I can teach you how to beat up anybody that tries to attack you. I mean, that's, <laughs> that would be kind of complimentary. I mean, you could bring the whole team in. We could teach, although, you know, you, you guys will have no problem, you know, hitting, you know, pads because you guys hit each other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, I, I think I will let the team know about that. Um, for me, I don't even know how to punch, but at least now I know how to tackle. So you know how to tackle. I will teach you how to punch like you wouldn't believe. And I'm going to teach you the best groin kick ever. Not that you'll use those on the field, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would love that. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, that competitive spirit in you is is something that I'm glad that you're continuing to foster as you grow and learn because it really does it really does create a type of passion for all the things you do in life. Yes, I 100% agree again. I think we're on the same page. We are. Okay, so what's next, Sarah? For me? Yes. Well, I mean, uh, I could talk about me, but really, this is about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's some like, really exciting things for Girl Boss Sports. Um, kind of one of my dreams since I started the company has been to do a summer camp, and I wasn't really sure if I was going to be able to do that this year or next year with you know, my busy schedule and everything else, you know, coordinating and all of that. Uh, but we just finalized we're going to be doing a summer camp that's going to focus both on soccer skills and also like leadership and communication and the mindset piece. Love and it. So that is one thing I'm very excited about. And I guess I didn't really dive into that part of Girl Boss Sports. Yeah. And that's, you know, we focus on, in every single thing that we do, we focus on three areas. One of them is the how to soccer, you know, how to dribble, how to pass, how to shoot, all of the technical Like the fundamentals, yeah. Yes. Uh, and the other one is what your body needs to be able to do to play soccer. So speed, agility, endurance, balance. And then the third one, which is my favorite and arguably the most important is the mindset piece. And that's all the things we've been talking about so far, the confidence, communication, teamwork, resiliency, getting back up after you fall, being a good sport. And so I'm really excited for the summer camp because we're going to be able to focus on all of those things. And I'm also planning to bring in some powerful women who played sports in their backgrounds and who can talk about how sports actually impacted them and their careers and them finding success off the field as well. So that's one really exciting project that's coming up. So that's going to be in the summer in Seattle? Yes gonna be august 12th amazing yeah and we have a few other things i'm you know i'm announcing some partnerships coming up pretty soon just announced a couple with some uh, soccer clubs and for me i'm also with girl boss sports i don't want to just be a company that is contributing to i guess the inequitable access to sports a lot of times the only kids who can play sports are those who have the you know financial means to be able to do yeah, so. Yeah, right, right. And so in order to, you know, there is that piece as well to make the, you know, the business thrive. But then also, on the other hand, I'm working on partnerships with other social service organizations. Like one of them is called Goals Haiti, and they do, you know, life and soccer skills in Haiti. And they're, you know, we're talking about a possible summer camp or, you know, winter camp or some sort of camp where they bring me in and come teach about, you know, the same kind of stuff, soccer, leadership, and all of those things as well. Also talking about partnerships with, you know, there's this cool organization called, it's actually a nationwide organization called Street Soccer USA. And there's one here in Seattle. And so they serve people who are experiencing homelessness and they do that through soccer. So they bring, they have practices once a week. They can connect them to resources if they need. They also bring them to a nationwide tournament that all of these other Soccer City USA uh, teams come to. And I noticed that they only have right now in Seattle a men's program. And so I'm going to be working with them and mentoring one of their former women's players uh, when they were co-ed for a little bit and have her be the coach and then me mentor her through that process and building up a woman's side of the team. Uh, and I think that would be awesome just to have an entire 
group of women who are experiencing homelessness go and to you know go to California and play in this tournament. Yeah, that'd be amazing. September, October. Um, also partnering with you know the some soccer associations and some soccer clubs. Basically, any way that we can make an impact towards those two right. goals, increasing the number of women coaches and keeping girls in sports, I want to do that. I'm also providing consultation to companies which I kind right. of love um, about right. amazing being more inclusive. And so those are kind of the exciting things for girl boss sports that are coming up. So let me ask you this question. Like, what do you think is the number one inhibiting factor of, of why there are not as many female soccer coaches as there are men? I think the number one reason is that, I guess I'm going to go into a bit of a spiel here, but when Title IX happened, I think it was in 1972, which actually helped increase the number of female athletes participating in sports, it actually had unintended consequences for female coaches because now they have funneled all of this money to women's and girls' programs, and men realized, oh, this actually could be lucrative for me too. And so they started applying for those jobs. And it went from, I think it was 90 plus percent of women's teams were coached by women the year before Title IX happened. And in 2012, it was like 43% of women's teams and 3% of men's teams are coached by women. And so when that happened, there's significantly more men coaches now, and they have 100% of coaching positions that open up they have access to. They, they can be considered mm-hmm. for, for real. Women, how often do you see women coaching men's teams? And are, are we even considered? Oh my gosh, like never. Like really, exactly. never. Yes. So most of administrators and high-level senior managers um, in all sorts of different sports settings are men. And they're the ones making the hiring decisions for whatever reason. You know, their networks are predominantly other men, you know, athletes that maybe they played with, other coaches they know. Uh, and I think there's biases. There's actually research around, obviously, hiring yeah, biases. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of bias, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's probably the main factor that I would say. And well, and to your point that, you know, we have to see the example before us for women to know what they want. You know, I, I had a recent conversation with a gentleman in Denver. He launched a, a startup organization. He's from Denmark, and he wrote an article on LinkedIn about this goal of his that he had to try to um, have you know, equal leadership members of his team be women, you know, to men. And he wrote this article about why, how frustrating it is that women are not applying for these jobs, even though in his business, he has a, you know, a a fairly significant equitable amount of employees that are male and female, but the women are not applying. And he wrote, you know, he had a, he wrote a big conversation about it. And part of my response to him that we were talking about a bunch of different stuff and I might bring him on the podcast to talk about this, but I asked him, you know, like, have you looked at the languaging in your application process? Have you, have you actually sat down with the women in your, in your company that are already employees? And have you, you asked them like, what are some of the things that are inhibiting you from wanting to apply for these roles? And I, and I said to him, it can't be you asking that question. It needs to be a woman asking them that question. Like, what do you need to feel like you can advance at this company? What do you need to be better or feel confident? And anyway, we had this really good conversation about it and there's just not enough examples in his company of where women can look to and say, okay, I've been there or I see that person that's been, that's been there and they're doing it well. I have, I have a, like a, a crumbs along the trail to follow. It doesn't exist. That's the problem. That's a big problem. Yes. I think if, if these companies and organizations and the people in charge of hiring make a conscious commitment to hire more women, then they're going to put the actions needed to actually do that. And though, you know, I've been involved in a lot of conversations with, you know, high level people in these different clubs. And I hear the same thing that, well, not enough women are applying, blah, blah, blah. 
but actually, you know, I, I put out job postings for coaches and I've had tremendous success at getting a lot of candidates interested in coaching soccer. And so I'm like, what is it that I'm doing that you guys aren't doing? And let me help you figure that out. Because yeah. again, I'm committed to doing that. And now I've been able to find a lot of women coaches and actually have a waiting list of women who want to become coaches. So what is it? What is it that's happening that you can't do that too? Yeah. And, and some of those old stereotypes in certain places of depending on where you're at, and I'm specifically talking about the U S but depending on where you're at, boy, it's, it's not easy. I had a female volleyball coach um, in high school and she was probably actually I had two. I had one when, when I was still at Lions and I transferred to a bigger school, a different school my senior year. So I had two female coaches in all the years. And I'll, I'll tell you that they both took a lot of flack. They took a lot of flack. I mean, more so than any of the men did. And one of them specifically because she was gay. And so she, you know, anything that went wrong with the team, there'd be like bad things said about her in the community. It was just bad. And it's just because she was a woman, but she was the best freaking coach ever. Her name is Fran Sixkiller. And I'm so sad to say that she's no longer with us, but for any of my people from Lions that are listening, she was, she changed all of our lives for the positive. And so as kids, it was one of the strongest role models that we had in our, in our lives. Meanwhile, all this negativity going on back here, but I'll tell you, I don't know when another woman would apply to have that job after that happened. That's that like burned that bridge. People are like, Oh no, <laughs> that that's, that's, I'm not touching that with 10 foot pole just because of the way she was treated. Yeah. I mean, the stories I can tell you about, I mean, I've been coaching for 15 years in all sorts of different settings, clubs, schools, colleges, and so many of the same problems, and also different parts of the U.S. I've coached in Miami, I've coached in Oregon, I've coached in Seattle, so many of the same issues. You know, if I'm over on the sideline as the head coach, and then there's a dad over there tying his daughter's shoe, who do you think the referee's coming over, even, you know, coming over to talk to, oh, even my though goodness. I have, I have all of the coaching gear on, but you're going to go to the guy that's tying his daughter's shoe, not me standing there with the coach <laughs> in your hand, um, or, you know, one, one company I left, a coaching position, and I was literally asked, three different times by three different male coaches if I was leaving because I was pregnant. <gasps> yes. Like things like this really do happen. And again, it's such a male dominated industry. Yeah. It's way, it's a whole other, that's a learning curve for me coming from, you know, social work, which is not super male dominated to being in this environment now again of, wow, I'm one of, you know, 10 women coaches out of 150 here. That is really terrible. Yeah. Well, I love what you're doing, Sarah. Keep, keep it up. I'm excited to be, you know, on the outskirts looking in and watching you just conquer this industry and bring more female coaches, not just to soccer, but to all sports. And I really appreciate what you're doing. And I think that you're amazing. Yeah, right back at you. Thanks for having me. And you could be in Denver soon. So I definitely expect, uh, tag me on social media. Let me know when you guys win the next game and let me know you're coming to Denver and I will put something together while I'll be there. Okay, awesome. Can't wait. That's wonderful. And thank you again, Sarah. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, girlbosssports.com is the best place. That's the website. Uh, you can also find us on social media under the same handle, Girl Boss Sports. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter predominantly. And then if any of you want to follow along my journey as a you know, tackle football player and a womanpreneur and being a rookie at everything, really, right now. <laughs> I love um, that, a rookie at everything. <laughs> yes, thinking about making that the title of a book Yeah. <laughs> down, you know, down the road. Um, but you can find me on Instagram uh, with the username CEO underscore Sarah Wolfer. Well, thank you, Sarah. Tell me your last question. What is your percentage of grit and grace? My percentage of grit and grace? I'm going to say 70, 30 more grit than grace. Yes, that's me. That is me. I, I strive for 50, 50. Let's, I mean, we, we, we still, we still want to have some grace, but 
I, I, as a worker like you are, I get it. 70 thirties is, is usually my jam. Yes, definitely. I was thinking 50, 50, but no, that's, that's what I, that's my goal as well, but it's definitely not practiced in action right now. 70, 30 is where I'm at. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. And if you guys are listening to us on the ladies you can message me and I will let you know how you can get in touch with Sarah or follow her on her social media. This is a this is a woman that you're going to want to see what she's doing as she grows. You can go follow her on any of her channels. I'll put that information in the show notes. And if you are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or whatever your favorite listening app is, please leave us a rating and let us know how much you love these amazing women like Sarah that we bring to you. And now my friends, go be fierce.